Voice and all, welcome to the latest Fearless in Devotion podcast, uh, sponsored, of course, by the Fatball Bar and Restaurant. You're joined today by me, Liam, Tim and Andy, and we're here today off the back of a pretty damn satisfying 4-0 win over Accrington. More on that to come soon, but before we go into it, started off as a bit of a bit of an edgy, edgy week. Uh, I think it's fair to say um, it was ended up as a one-all draw against Forest Green, but anyone who watched that match would tell you it was anything but enjoyable. Andy, Tim, were you of you there? Uh, no, I couldn't go because they changed the uh, they changed the date, and I just couldn't get that, that amount of time off work. Also, she had the car, so uh, it it wasn't. You can't get a train from London to to Stroud or anywhere near, and then you have to get another taxi to to wherever the Fuck Forest Green is Nailsworth, I think. So no, I didn't go. Uh, first one I've m- missed. I think this could be the first time we've ever had a pod when none of us went to that match. Reese would have go- <laughs> Reese did go, but obviously isn't here. Um, <laughs> it was not pretty viewing. Uh, but Forest Green were a big physical side who got an early goal and then made it tough for us. It's quite a tight pitch. We couldn't really break them down. Let's be honest. I thought right at the end. When Mullin Mullin scored, I thought this puts us in a good position. I think the fact that he's had a full ninety minutes, he's managed to get a goal. His tail would have been up a little bit. Um, we've got out of jail a little bit. It was it was a tough seven days. But let's not forget that you know we went up and down the country, everywhere to different parts of it uh, in quick succession, um, and we only we only lost once. We've got that part out of the way, and it does seem that the uh, that the running's easing up. A little bit at the moment, so you know. I don't know, Tim. I don't know what you thought about the. Oh, you've been joined by a by a, another co-host. Did he go to Forest Green? No, but I woke up this morning and he'd been sick everywhere. Hence why he's getting extra TLC. Poor doggo. So, <laughs> hence the term "sick as a dog." Um, no, he, he was probably sick um, because you knew we were going to talk about Forest Green, probably. But um, <laughs> and he's yeah, not a vegetarian. Uh, he's definitely not a vegetarian, judging by what he's just yacked up on the floor. Absolutely not. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't want to labour the point because obviously we want to concentrate on the most recent game. But I mean, it, it, what about it just the fume, Tim, the fume, the fume. Like, yeah, all right, it just brings into sharp focus um, the, the the vast differences between uh, how we are away and how we are at home. I mean, there the, the couldn't be any further apart these last two performances if you want to use those as as kind of the example. And I had a, I had a, I'm, I'm not going to. Name name the guy because I, I I don't know if he wants me to or not. But I had a long long message sent through to the Twitter account from a fan, um, and I just I, I only just replied really like this morning. But basically, this this is his reply after Tuesday. Um, we are not a team, not been the same since Christmas. I think Parky's lost a dressing room in the sense as many players not given new contracts like Liam Mullin. I think that's why Mullin leave form gone off due to extra pressure. Uh, the players are putting in an effort as it must be a promotion promise of a golden handshake and end of season bonus. Um, Palmer issuing how it affects Mullin. I believe in rumours Parky told Palmer he's not required in future plans. Um, it's it's a very long, uh, detailed uh, reply to be, to be fair. And then the most pertinent one he says is that the players seem divided on the pitch, not fighting for each other, as many probably don't see themselves involved next season. I, 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 I just basically reply, you know, do you still stand by these comments given yesterday? Because they certainly look, you know, pretty united on the pitch as opposed to divided. So it's just a kind of an example of 
of the differing in in opinions between a what could prove to be a very important point on the road, ultimately, you know, to to absolutely obliterating the team and and finally getting that big performance with a big win that that we that these players deserved really, um, because I think a lot of the a lot of the fume is just it's just wild. It's absolutely crazy. Don't get me wrong, I was pissed off as, as much as anybody and I went into it the next day. We had a big debrief with some other Wrexham fans saying, how on earth are we so bad away? Because we we were rubbish at Forest Green. And I think, you know, we kinda, you've got to be realistic. Yeah, but at some point, and I think it kind of it kind of goes over a lot, a lot of people's heads, these players will feel pressure. They will. It's that business end of the season. If you can feel pressure, not play well, and still come away with something, that says... A lot more about this side than than anything else. So, yeah, it's a little bit half glass full, but why not? You know, we're 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 back up to third. Yeah, what Happy a difference um, a few days makes. Let's get into the sort of the the bones of that. There was um, a lot going on around the town, sort of before the game and things like that. I want to talk scarves though, because when I walked up the steps yesterday, I was taken back to one of the happiest memories of my life which was Sir Glenn Little waving a red and white scarf around his head. Now, that was that was a pretty nice touch by our sponsors, United, wasn't it? I, I, do you, know, you know what? Um, let me just hold this with the camera so you can see it. Somebody's immediately banged one up on eBay. Um, it's currently going for the princely sum of £98,000, um, which I'm a, I'm a big fan of people ramping it up just to take the piss and to say, you know, do not. Do not uh, take advantage of these free gifts straight away. But you know what? I was initially a little bit, what's this going to be like? And then, you know, years ago, we had like a flag day and it looked great. But with a flag day, you wave your flag and you kind of stick it down because it just gets in the way a little bit unless you're a kid and you're just holding it, blah, blah, blah. When you've got a scarf, especially in the, as cold as it was yesterday, you whack it around your neck and it's there for the rest of the game. And it just looked brilliant. It looked amazing. Uh, I know, I know you're a twirler, Liam. I was a twirler yesterday. I wasn't, I wasn't a, a holder and a waver. I was spinning it like a madman, in awe of Sir Glenn, and it, it was just uh, amazing. It was great because you only see things like that at a big spectacle, like like a Wembley final, or you know, when the City fans do the Poznan, and it's just like it's a focal point. It's like that oh, it looks amazing. That, and it's something that's something as simple as getting everybody in red and white bar scarves. And when I looked back down, down Mill Road when I was walking into town yesterday, it, I, I, I just I had to stop in the middle of the road and just just take it in because it was, it oh, was mad. I going to say there were scarves everywhere. <laughs> well, it was just mad because I, I'm not kidding. There, there was, it's not like anybody... I think even if we, God forbid, even if we'd lost and I get a game, you would never be anybody holding it disgust. Everybody's just wearing it, A, because it's free, because there's a massive sense of pride going on and it's just a nice touch and it just looked good whether whether that will be recreated people bring all their scarves back for a kind of a show of force and and color it just added a little bit to the atmosphere which it was a little bit hit and miss yesterday just because we we kind of coasted it yeah um is anyone here on here a solicitor or or have any legal training because I, I couldn't go yesterday. Uh, my brother-in-law's dad took took the t- took the ticket. Who owns that scarf? Because it's on my mm. seat that I pay for. Um, 
but is possession nine tenths of the law? Uh, can I can I legally challenge uh, David to get my scarf back, uh, or is it now David's scarf? And he's the one who's put it on eBay for 98 grand. And that's what I have to pay to, to get my scarf back. Anyway, I'm not bitter. Um, you can have mine for four grand. <laughs> it, it looked brilliant. It, there was a couple of pictures I saw of everyone just waving and holding them um, at the start. It looked absolutely fantastic. And, you know, the eBay stuff, it's just a bit of a piss take, isn't it? Some some will be, you know, five or ten. I, I do actually want the money. But the, the people yeah. chucking it on there for... For that much, it's just I, it's just a bit of a, a ribbing, isn't it? I, I, I initially, yeah, it is. I mean, you will get a few people that will sell them on whatever. That's just the nature of the beast. It's not as if the, you know, it's the good thing now on the flip side to that is you, you look at all the replica shirts that were knocking around ages when when we couldn't keep up with demand. Now, the, yeah. now the supply is there. There's less people hawking them for stupid prices, but. I watched some highlights from the game just today. Like, I just thought I'll, I'll check out the crew match because obviously Morecambe did us a massive favour uh, at crew. And it's just like there's, a, there's a, a ruck of empty seats at crew. Empty seats everywhere, despite how well they're doing. And it just looks crap and void and empty, a little bit similar to Notts County. And then when you've got a packed house like, like ours and it's just colour and noise, it's just, it's just, it was just, it sounds ridiculous, but I think sometimes they're, they're the sort of, aspects of football that you take for granted um and it was just it, honestly it was so good it was so good um and long may it continue there was um there was talk in some places of uh people nicking them off seats but um i just wanted to give a shout out to neil hayes in pg2 sits on the end of our row he watched our scarves like a hawk when we walked in at five to two so thank you right. neil for protecting my precious heirlooms neil hayes I'm... protect from the scarf Yes, I am not. I am not kidding. I went in there just before half two, and there was people streaming into the turnstiles. Those same people who would normally be queuing up for a pie and a pint, straight, straight into into straight into, into the entrances, up the seats, getting their scarf. Cream. But I went. I went. I was like, "There's a bit of pressure here. I'm going to go and get mine." So I went up the <laughs> went up the stairs, got mine. Obviously, my dad hadn't arrived yet. I was like. I better get hold of my dad just in case somebody has it. <laughs> this weird sort of possession that was laid you out for that. Saying, oh, leave that scarf alone. But, but the thing is, right? Even though it was legitimately my dad's, right? Yeah. I found myself squirreling it away in my pocket like I was nicking it. I was like, "Well, there's <laughs> mine." And I, I leaned over onto my dad's seat. And I was like, "I'll just put my dad's in, in my pocket here, just so I've got it." I was like, "You know, when nans do that thing with a secret tenor, yeah, hold your hand yeah. out." It was a bit like that, but with a scarf, just tucking it away. But all of a sudden, yeah. he's wearing a scarf and he doesn't even know how. Oh, he's buzzing. He's like, it, when, when I, I told him, I said, I've got, I've got your scarf safe and secure, like it's some sort of like precious family heirloom. And like, when, when he came to the scene, so he's all right, yeah. No small talk. Where's my scarf? Go on, go. Hand it over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, one man you'll have been pleased to see uh, that site, someone who struggled to see a win for a long, long time, but now seems to be, what do we, what do we call... Rob McElhenney, a lucky charm now, do we think? After his He's latest Irish visit. descent, so, you know. Yeah, maybe. and he, he was uh, chugging, uh, I say chugging whiskey, shotting whiskey. Um, so that's all in fitting with a thing. Uh, he was also seen drinking at the Horse and Jockey, apparently. I saw him outside the Horse and Jockey. Was he actually drinking inside it? I don't know. I think was he, he went past the town? Somebody mentioned that that the pub shut, but he, he, he obviously was on the Instagram story. He went past, went past yeah. the jockey um, and went to a few places, went down to down the high street. Um, 
a splendid it... in, a, in a nice cream number. It's a lovely coat, yeah. that Rob. You're going to tell us where it was from. Quite happily, me or Andy will wear something similar going forward. I've got something like that. I've got a cream suede jacket here. Um, Go on, go and get it. Hang on. Um, go on. One thing. Um, what would you constitute a lap of town? Because I always used to start at the bottom of, of the hill, um, Nag's Head, then go up to Cuprum's and then do Golden Lion, uh, whatever was across the street, uh, Polish Embassy, uh, one of the Irish bars, uh, and then one of the fun pubs down, down the bottom bottom of the road. What, what is your lap of town while I go and get uh, my cream jacket? Um, well, I'm, yeah. a, I'm a go bit on, of a crap. I'm a bit of a craft beer hipster, so at the moment I've only really got the um, the two main stops, which are Magic Dragon and then Drunk Monk. But we are soon to add a third place to this. Uh... Oh, look at that! It's Mister McElhenney you know, himself. I bought it from All Saints in the sale, and I've never worn it because <laughs> it's frayed, and I'm That's always cream in the rain. So I just sort of like wear it around the house. <laughs> wow, it's a very smart round the house jacket, isn't it? Well, everyone needs a round the house jacket. But yeah, I was just about to say, we're about to add a third stop to our uh, craft beer circuit in the form of Rough Hands Beer Tap, which is opening up in Chapter Court, or for better reference, the old CEX is going to be the entrance to it, run by Andy Galanders of uh, Bank Street Coffee. So that's 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 gonna, we're, we're going to have a little trio of places, but I can't really say we've got a, a proper circuit of town on the go. I don't think, I think we're too old to have a circuit of town now aren't we really and tim doesn't even drink so it's yeah my my, my circuit my circuit is now usually involves coffee shops and cake to be honest anyway some breaking news for you um go on accrington stanley have sacked their manager Ooh. john coleman and jimmy bell have been informed that the contract is terminated yeah. with effect so yeah, yeah um andy hope will be singing yeah, Andy Holt oh. would be fuming by by the criticism from yesterday and obviously the, the, the piss-taking wind-ups that we all fired at him on Twitter. So, yeah, John Coleman, we, we've we essentially um, got him sacked. He came Not across very well as well, I thought, like post-match. Oh, I mean, um... Coleman keeps that club higher than it should be. I think that's a mistake from 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 our former left wing-back, Andy Holt. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but no, I'm quite surprised by that. I saw him in the post-match interview yesterday and he said it looked like AI with all our fans with the... Uh, the scarves, but he always comes across very well. And there was a there was a weird moment yesterday where a throw-in was wrongly awarded their way, and he made their player head it straight out, which that's a pretty rare show of uh, yeah. <coughs> so yeah, Andy Holt ain't got time for any any sort of uh, classic <coughs> any sort of chivalry like that. Get out! That that's a mistake. Uh, right, Liam, should we start talking about the actual match? Because I just want to single out two players. Um, one is Max, who I think is just getting better and better and is probably probably the first person on the team sheet at, at the back three at the moment for me. And I, n- I never thought I'd say that at the start of the season. But second, James McLean. Now, <laughs> there is a common misconception on this podcast that I, I don't rate James McLean. I do rate James McLean. I think he's a fantastic player. Um, I just didn't think he was a, a left wing back. Uh, and I think there were certain times where we weren't on the front foot where he struggled a little bit and didn't really help out his defensive partner in in a way that he should have. Um, but I could always see the talent the lad had. And I just think moving him into the middle has been a masterstroke because you've got that drive, you've got that energy, you've got, 
you know, he 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 made the second goal by by winning a tackle, you know, quite high up the pitch. He's 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 got the complete the complete all round game to play there. And I know we're sort of toying with the idea of do these players uh, Fletcher and McLean deserve a a, a one year deal? But you know, if you keep him in, keep him in that position, I'm all I'm changing my mind. I would give James McLean another deal because he never misses a match. I thought he would. Have a disciplinary record, get sent off. He hasn't hasn't been sent off yet. Touch touch wood. Uh, I also thought that due to his age, he would probably miss a match. You know, especially when we're Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday. But he didn't. And yesterday, he looked the most energetic energetic of everyone. Yeah, definitely. Um, in in terms of Max, I think it's weird to say, but I actually feel like League Two suits him better than the National League. The National League's very much the sort of league where you still need defenders to sort of head the ball back into into the stratosphere that type of thing this league i feel like we need we're needing to see a lot more from our ball playing center backs and max is really fitting that bill uh mclean yeah absolutely great performance um still loves a wind up uh when their player got sent off he gave a little wave usual uh shit housery only questionable thing over his performance for me was the Alice Band. I'm not a fan of the Alice Band. Uh, I think Tim. Tim, are you a fan? You like an Alice Band, yeah. don't you? I do. I, I remember when I grow my hair out, and then I realised how much of a necessity they are. Necessary evil has to be said. Um, I, I, I. It's weird that I mean, you know, James McLean's hair grows seems to grow very, very quickly. It would, it would appear, but between him and Jacob Mendy and his little bunches, and uh, Arthur with a bit of a headband type thing going on, from what I can remember, but. I don't give a shit what he wears if he keeps performing like like he does. To be perfectly honest, um, man of so, the match yesterday yeah. for you. I think he's got to be up there, but I mean, you, well, he did score a hat trick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can't really take that away from him. Um, to be honest, it was just. Well, I know you kept them going about unleash the mullin, and I mean, one good thing about him is that he just keeps plugging away. Nothing seems to get him down. I think that goal at Forest Green definitely. Um, was the, so the catalyst to, to the floodgates opening, I think, and he could have scored more yesterday. And um, I love that Matt, uh, Ron McElhinney was full of praise for him after whilst he was kind of invaded his press conference and he said, look, you know, he's so modest, but this is what this guy's, this guy kind of um, encompasses what the club's all about, which is just hard work, endeavour, with hopefully the end goal to be some sort of success again. So, yeah, just, just a you know, good day, wasn't it? Good day. Yeah, Mullen and Palmer's partnership. I think it's not to say that we we know better than Parky because I think things have shown now that none of us really, really do. But that that Mullen and Palmer partnership is our best strike partnership, right, Andy? I'd say so. Um, I think Mullen can batter. Sorry, Palmer and Mullin, they can batter a team for 60, 70 minutes. And even if we, we we're not two or three up after that, it means that whoever comes on after them has has a defense that's been softened up in, in many in many ways. Ollie he occupies defenders. He he knows, you know, he knows where to stand, he knows where how to position his body to really give them a tough time. And I think Mullin feeds off the space it creates. Um Fletcher's a big lad, but he's not really a classic target man. He is a little bit more 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 skillful than 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 that, and won't really go toe to toe in a physical battle, which Palmer absolutely loves. Um, 
I thought it was great to see them back yesterday. I thought Palmer had something to prove. I think if you look ahead to the fixtures now, there's not so many Tuesday, Tuesday, Saturdays, Tuesday, Saturdays. You would try and hope to keep Palmer and Mullin as your front two for the rest of the season now. Um, and even if even if Oli do, doesn't get a new contract at the end of the at the end of the season, then he's been a massive success for us to help us you know, try and hopefully get promotion twice. I, I've got a lot of time for Ollie Palmer. I've got a lot of time for the for the work he puts in and, and the Nousey shows. And you know what? He's a little bit better technically than people give him credit for. And I think Mullin enjoys playing with him. Uh, and I think you saw that yesterday. It seemed like we were getting the band back together. Yeah, they were sort of clapping each other on the back at the end of the game, that sort of thing. I think it put paid to... You know, you, you get all sorts of daft rumours, but about them not getting on or whatever. I mean, at, at the very least you can say is they get on like a house on fire on the pitch because, yeah. just you know, just look at the way they play together and that's what matters the most to us. Um, we had a lot of sort of chopping and changing over the course of the season in terms of teams, but would you try and keep that, that same starting eleven from now on? Yeah, I can't see any reason why you wouldn't. Um just to labour the sort of Mullin Palmer point, I think you, you just sometimes if you're fortunate enough, you'll get a strike force that just gets a connection. You know, whether you know, there's a lot of talk about whether they're very, very different off the pitch, it doesn't really matter. But there's just a, almost like a telepathic understanding between them. Like that first goal, Ollie's doing the blocking and, and making a space for Mullin to get in. Um, he was just a bastard. And I think somebody said that was, that was Palmer's first start since October. Which wow. is mental, yeah. Um, and obviously, we've got to mention that Mullin has now surpassed Andy Morrell on the all-time goal-scoring charts. Rex, I think he's now up to ninety-six, ninety-five, ninety-six, something like that. Okay. I mean, you know, this is <laughs> that's an incredible, incredible stat. You know, for what he's achieved. Five or six hat tricks. That's a lot of hat tricks. Yeah, six, I think. Um, second of the season. You know, I, I just, I. With with the break in play now, no Tuesday game, I can't see how you don't stick with that same eleven again next week. Because as bad as Atkinson were, um, apparently there's loads of injuries. You can only beat what's in front of you. And we did it convincingly. And the only sort of criticism is that we maybe didn't score score more. We kind of took the foot off the gas a little bit. They give it a bit more of a go. You know, Barnett I thought was brilliant as well. Had a really really good game. He could have scored. Toza could have scored and came on. We just looked exactly how we all know that we can play, which to me, I'm not. It doesn't really matter if you if you play shite, you still win. At this stage of the season, that's really all that really matters at this point. But because we know we've got the talent, and the ability, they showed that yesterday. Very few passes went astray, completely at odds with anything we've had in previous weeks. I think they've just been told to go back to basics and go look, just be more confident in in your passing selection and your shot selection and if the space is there have a go you know i mean that that elliot lee goal was just unbelievably we did good. seem very reluctant so, to shoot against Dillingham. honestly we yeah, did yeah uh, and i think the shackles have been taken off there a little bit and I, I think you're right it's confidence flowing through every part of the side at the moment and it's amazing just how one result can change all that change all that round but you would now go to morecambe in in real with a real chance that if we can keep that that certainly that back three together. How many times have we chopped and changed the back three? Is it like something like 14 
times yeah. this this season with different with different people in. Right, okay, now keep that. It's nice and balanced. You know, o- O'Connell is lovely on the ball. He, you know, he he spots things as well. Um, Max is good in both areas. He's good on the ball and he's also getting a lot better defensively. And Boyle's your out and out defender. And as long as he's not being sent off, he does have a nice balance there and a goal threat. So for me, keep that back three together now. Really get them in a tight unit down down with Arfa. Please, no more injuries. And let's keep that that 11 for as long as we can. Yeah, good day all round. Crew lost, which... I only noticed as I was walking up the steps after the match, so that was a nice little bonus. Um, a lot of teams, you know, there are a lot of postponements around us. So we're kicking on pretty well in terms of the in terms of the promotion race now, back up to third. Um, bit of AOB to discuss. I know how much everyone on this podcast loves the royal family. Um, bit of debate there uh, towards the end of this week over the fact that Prince William was in the turf. Uh, Rob McElhenney got a bit of stick over it. Uh, Wayne from the turf got a bit of stick over it. All a bit needless, really, do you think? I, I do, yeah. I don't think that's the club's choice. I think uh, knowing how a royal rotor works, they'll look, right, OK, we've got to get someone big over to, to, to Wales. It's St David's Day. We can't, we can't ignore that. Where's the, where's the best bit that we can get most PR out of it? Well, it's obviously with Wrexham, isn't it? And the royal family aren't immune to that. They will want to bang for their bucks. They think, right, ask them if we can go to Wrexham. Um, it's good publicity. Uh, you know, the documentary will be there. So in the long run, you'll get some American exposure as well. Um, and, you know, the, the fact that, that Rob who's come over for this and it ties in nicely with United Airlines coming over as well, who, who saw a good game and hopefully that partnership will, will, will continue. I think it's hard for, for Rob to get stick about it, but I, I especially think it's hard for Wayne Jones to, to get stick, stick about it because again, he's asked to do something and how are you supposed to, you can't take a, a standpoint on that. No, Prince William can't come to my, to my pub. No, of course, of course not. He knows that he's bought into all, all the PR machine around Wrexham, and you can't pick and choose what you want to do, even if perhaps yourself you don't want to you don't want to do that. The PR that brings for 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 the not only the turf but more the stuff that Wayne does around the turf with food banks um, and charity donations that's invaluable. Uh, I've got nothing against Wayne. Wayne is one of the good guys in this. He never asked for the for all this all this publicity. He gets it, but it, you know what? He deals with, with, with good grace and. One thing I saw a couple of months ago, there was a bit of a after 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 one of the games, there was a there was a one lad who'd had too much to drink and he was causing a bit of a, a bit of a commotion. And Wayne quite easily could have just said, "Oh, to one of his staff, were you going to deal with him?" But now nah, Wayne sorted himself. He absolutely, you know, that's the sort of thing Wayne does. He doesn't. He's not hiding behind some sort of publicity PR machine. Wayne runs a pub like he like like he always has and. It's the same now as he was a couple of years ago, even though he's got a massive sort of massive profile, more than any lad from 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 Wrexham really wants, I'd say. Tim, you're not really a bit like me. We're not really uh, capped off as like uh, like Andy, but um, I, I think from my perspective, you have to see it slightly from the pragmatic side, don't you? I think. Yeah, I mean, you know, a I'm not in the mood to go down a massive history lesson and all that sort of stuff because I'm still not feeling blur but I can, look I mean going going back to the thing with Wayne um, 
ultimately he uh, he played the game. I think he has to in, in that situation. Um, I liked the fact that the next day he put a tweet out um, for all the extras that had come to the pub at seven a.m. Um, for the Welcome to Wrexham season three, and it was just in it was just captioned proper royalty. So that kind of tells you all you need to know. Uh, read between the lines how he kind of felt. I think you know, he, he sort of probably bit his tongue a bit. Um, absolutely does not deserve the flack he gets. He's done more for this town um, in, in, in recent years than anybody else has, you know, in terms of the charitable aspects. You look at the bigger picture, the charitable aspects is is, is kind of what it was all about. Um, but the, yeah, there's, there's a bit of polarising opinion to it all. I'm just trying to find um, a couple of things. What, if you were Wayne, you wouldn't take on William as a bar, bar staff, would you? That <laughs> yeah, no, no. Never pulled a I mean, it, If you want to kind of understand the reasons why a lot of Fans see it as a smack in the face. You just need to go to the comment section to to the um, tweet the club, the club put out about his visit, um, and you can go down that that rabbit hole for the history lesson. One of my friends, Chris Purvis, um has put something which kind of sums it up on the other side. Loving the total meltdown from summer with today's visit. I have no views either way, but you can't buy this kind of publicity. That is how we can charge so much for global companies to sponsor us. So. You know, there is that aspect as well. And, you know, a lot of the Americans, American audience love the whole royal family thing. So, look, you know, it's, it's done and dusted. Um, it's, Move it's, on. Uh, yeah. So yeah, much. Well, yeah. So I mean, much. Like, you're no royalist, are you? But but you understand how these things work. No, I completely understand it. I mean, just as an aside, um, uh, Prince William also went to my um, to my lad's school in Grassford um, on that day. And I know it meant a lot to... Yeah, I I might not be the sort of the target audience for it, but I know it meant a lot to the people in the school. It meant a lot to the kids. Um, it meant a lot to the parents. So you can't really, you know, knock that at the end of the day. Um, and like I said, I'm a I'm a pragmatist, and Rob McElhenney's always done everything he can to raise the profile of Wrexham. And it summed it up when I saw that someone said on Red Passion that a clip of that visit had made the news over in Australia. So if you want to know the reasons sort of why the club's doing that. I think that's that's case in point, isn't it? It just it comes back to you, and I, I always say this, that anything that, that puts Wrexham in, in the public glare in one way or the other, it comes back to that um that opening statement when when the uh, when Rob and Ryan took over and it still resonates. I can still hear it clear as day in my head where Rob says, You may not have heard of Wrexham, but you will do. And he's right. You know, it's it's it still blows my mind now that any of us can go to any four corners of the bloody globe and wear a Wrexham shirt. And these days, the chances of somebody speaking to you about wearing that Wrexham shirt are a lot more higher than they ever were before three years ago. So, you know, this little thing. Except used to be, Yeah, yeah. This kind of like little kind of exclusive club that we had, we've now opened up to a wider world. And we saw it yesterday. Patagonia Reds were treated right, like, like, like royalty. And why not? Um, the best thing about one of the best things about that yesterday, when they came onto the pitch and they had the old Patagonia, the Argentina flag, and all that sort of stuff going on, the Patagonia Reds flag. Um, the guy, and I think the tannoy announcer, um, said, "Oh yeah, they've flown seven and a half thousand miles for this game." And the the fellow next to me, um, without a shred of irony, said to me, "Bloody hell, they must have started off early." <laughs> 
was like, yeah, yeah, I guess so. So, I mean, yeah. it's massive like the Hamburg Reds are in the house. It's just mad, isn't it? But it's great. And you just got to kind of embrace it. Um, one of my friends is a Leicester fan, and when they had the whole takeover there, and he found the whole tie influx a bit strange at first. But then you just kind of, you kind of have to go embrace with it. it. Embrace it. We can't. Yeah. We can't let's yeah. enjoy the. Let's enjoy the ride. Uh, I was going to try and do some sort of linkage in there, um, but I couldn't find one, and now I've realised what a crap presenter I am. Uh, but Andy, we've got a bit of an exclusive treat, haven't we, for Wrexham fans? Wrexham fans, Swansea fans, yeah. Uh, we, we got a bit of a chat with Trundle. Um, real fans. Sorry, real fans. Real yeah. fans. Yeah. Always got to think about real fans. Bursco fans, you're in for a treat. And actually, um, uh, Bristol City fans, less of a treat. Uh, you didn't yeah. really do well, well there. But yeah, uh, I got I, I got a good 10, 15 minutes with Lee Trundle. We talked a lot about Mullin because uh, there's a lot of similarities there about, you know, popular scout strikers who really, really found their form at a certain North Walian, uh, North Walian club. Um, and I think it's quite timely with, with Mullin's return to form. Uh, just like to thank uh, Dave Rivers, uh, my mate, uh, who set this up via Boyle Sports. Hopefully we'll be able to get a few more link-ups like this and they'll be able to to give us some some pretty good uh some pretty good Wrexham stars and content so enjoy Lee Trundle Some icon uh, Lee Trundle going to answer a few questions about about the Dragons now. Firstly, Truns, you've experienced some of this uh, some of this Wrexham sort of sort of craze um, firsthand, haven't you? Tell us about the US tour. What was it like over there? You you were a bit mobbed, weren't you? <laughs> yeah, it, it was unbelievable. You know, a great experience as well. And you know, for the football club, for where it's been in the, the past few years, to go out to somewhere. Like America, and the you know the the welcome that we had there was unbelievable. You know the tournament itself was was set up great, and I think you had to say who you were supporting. So I think over twenty thousand fans come in and out of the stadium on the weekend, and I think it was like fourteen to fifteen thousand of them put themselves down as Wrexham fans, where a lot of them wouldn't have been to to the game before, but obviously would have followed on the documentary and followed them, you know, on on different platforms. But I did speak to uh, a lot that had made the journey over to Wrexham and watched the game as well. But a great experience to be part of it. And, you know, everyone enjoyed themselves. How, how big do you reckon Wrexham could be out there? Because it seems to have, that, 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 that documentary and what's happened with Ryan Robb seems to have really captured the public imagination, hasn't it? It has, yeah. And I, I think they can be massive. And I think as the football club grows and goes up the leagues, I think the, the fan base will. You know, I think the way um, Ryan and Rob do things especially on the social media side. I think they're excellent on that to engage with the fans and to engage with new fans. But the way they feel about the club as well, I think you can yeah. you get a feeling that they're coming in, they're not just someone who's putting money in to get a return and they don't care what happens to the football club. You can genuinely see that they care about it and the way they are with the players, the rapport they've got with the fans. You know, I, I think it's brilliant and the two of them have done amazing. Did you uh, get to interact much with Sean Harvey? Well, I know he's a quite... Uh... You know, 
quite a, a sort of mainstay of the documentary, but does a lot of work behind the scenes, doesn't he? Yeah, so Sean was Sean more or less ran the trip. So um, we'd see him every day, obviously, at the games. We'd all go out to eat together of a night as well. Um, and he was someone who, who I was impressed with as well. You know, the way he was speaking about the football club, the vision that he had. Because when he first come in, it was only for him coming in for, a, you know, to just settle yeah. the ship a little bit. Let's get in, see how things go. And then he ends up carrying on and staying. But the work that he puts in behind the scenes, you know, is brilliant. And he's a, a massive asset to the club, especially when you have your owners who live in a different country as well. I think it's brilliant for the football club to have someone like Sean who is in there, you know, day in, day out and, and seeing um, the organisation of the football club. Um, a little bird tell, tells me that uh, you were giving it the big I am about the last night, but then but then uh, flew home early. Is that, is that true? No, no, that's not, that's, that's not true. I think you're getting me, oh, who done that? One of the lads did do that. You get me mixed up. No, I was I was one of the oh, last right. men standing. Yeah, me and Chump was were up there um, last one to Anne Cara, um was as well. So there was a few was no, but that wasn't that wasn't me that flew flew on. Oh, I've been given I've been given false information. How about this one then? How about you, Andy Morrell, more or less wore the same clothes? <laughs> I'd rather fly home early than wear Moz's clothes. Let me tell you. No, he got a bit. He got a bit of stick on the trip. Um, obviously, Andy is someone, you know, uh, a lad who I've played with, a strike partner, you know, what a, what a great fella. And, um, you know, for me and him, the only thing that never happened in the tournament was me and him never played together in a game. So I would go off and he would come on. So oh, no. that was something that I, I would have liked to do. I would have liked to play with Mozza again with me and him up top. But what a great lad. And, you know, Mozza's someone that I, that I love. Yeah, it'd be good to recreate that promotion, uh, that promotion strike partnership. Right. Let's talk about scout strikers who bloom late at Wrexham and then become national treasures. But who's the best example, Lee Trundle or Paul Mullin? Oh, do you know what? I, I love Mullins. I think he's. I think he's a great player. Um, you know, people. What What gets me a little bit is people then try and question your ability of saying, "Oh, well, you're only playing in that level." For me, if Mullins went up and played in the championship in the right team, I think he would still score goals. And I think the thing now about with this Wales call-up and yeah. people will say, oh, you know, people are ahead of him. But for me, you're scoring goals week in, week out. Even if you go into the National League, you know, to score that many goals and he has done consistently. I, if, if I was the manager of Wales, I would definitely have him in the squad at 100% because here's the way I look at it. If he gets to move to a championship club now, he's still exactly the same player. Okay, he's playing at a higher level, but he would be the he would be the same player. He would still score your goals. So, I think obviously my career has ended now. So then I've I've moved up and played in the the championship. Moles is still going, um, and I definitely think that he can go and play at that level one hundred percent. And I'm hoping that that'll be with with Wrexham because I think he's found himself where probably the same as with me at Swansea, where you go to a club and that just fits you. And everything works around you. And that's why I say him going to the right club because he could move to a championship club and play a completely different way. And, it, you know, that doesn't suit him. He might not score as many goals because there's other players who the, the team would play through. But I think if Moles went up the leagues with Wrexham, I think he'd do exactly the same and score exactly the same goals. Yeah, you know, it's not just goals with him, though, is it? You know, people, when they first sort of think of him, think he might just be like a fox-in-the-box player. But he's, he's not like that, is he? I think centre-halves 
really know they've been in a battle if uh, if they're up against Mullin. Oh, he, he scores every type of goal. So he will score then where he can slide in across the, the six-yard box and put it in. But then he can cut in from the side of the box and bend one in the top corner. And not only that, you put on top of that his work rate. He, does, yeah. he, doesn't, he doesn't stop running. He doesn't give defenders a chance. And I think if you were going to say one difference between us, he definitely has the work rate with <laughs> where I, I was comment. I could not comment <laughs> on that. I was a bit more relaxed on that side, but with Moles, I think he's he's got everything. And people then question about the, the levels. If you look at and I know they're only one off games, but you look at when he, he played Cop His goals and his highlights. We'll have a little message back and forth on Twitter, on um, Instagram when I see him score some um, great goals as well. So it's great to see him at a club like Wrexham and uh, doing really well. Nice one. Um, do you know much about Phil Parkinson? Uh, and do you think he's the manager who can take Wrexham to the championship and maybe even beyond? Yeah, I do. You know, I think, you know, Phil's had a. Uh, uh, great experiences in the football league before he's went to to Wrexham and um, played against his sides as well. Um, last time I was down at Wrexham, I went in before the game. I sat in the office and had a little chat with with Phil. But I, I think he he's done brilliant, and I think the the owners as well realise what he's done for the football club as well. And you know, people go on and say, "Oh, the budget and things like that," but it's it's not that easy. You know, you can have a budget and and still fail. You've got to get the right people in. And I think when they appointed Phil Parkinson as manager, I think that was one of the the key key parts to the jigsaw because his experience that he brings, the way he speaks to the players in the dressing room, the rapport that he's got with the players, you know, I, I think he's excellent. And the why when the team are moving forward, I think Phil is a, a massive part of that. So I hope that he can stay for a long time. Yeah, um, we sort of said, you know, how far can Wrexham get? Do you think there's a potential there with the fan base, where they are, you know, the, the ground, what's happening off, off the pitch to them actually getting to the Premier League? Does that does that sound does that sound silly or, or, or is there a possibility? You know, I don't think it does sound silly. You know, when I joined Swansea, we were at the Betchfield. Um, so, you know, you look at how, how far they come in that short space of time. And if you look at Wrexham, they've probably got a better backing than what Swansea have. You know, they've probably... They've got it. They've got more in place now rather than Swansea did at the time. Right, so yeah, yeah. I, I definitely think that the that they could do it. I said at the start of the season when they got promoted last year, I said that they would get promoted again this year. I think getting out of the the national league when you've got one place automatic, mm. the pressure that that it brings on itself is is unbelievable. Now you look in League Two. Have you got you got three automatic and a playoff? Have you in League Two? Is it now? Yeah, yeah. So four will go up. Yeah. Exactly. So if you look at if you look at just say you've got to stay in the top three, if you think of the pressure that team and the manager have been under over the past couple of seasons to just get that one spot, now you're chasing three really. So yeah. I think the pressure of the team will ease and the quality that they've got as well, the quality they've got in the team. I, I myself, I don't think they're a league two team. Do you know what I mean? If you look at the players that they've got there, you look at how the clubs run now. I definitely think that they can bounce again, get themselves in League One and then have another push. Because who's saying once you're on that on that run of winning games, you get used to it. It's like when you go on a losing run, you get you go a goal behind and you feel, oh, here we go again. You're used to winning games and it becomes a habit. And I think that's what Wrexham have got now. And I'm, I'm excited for them again this season. Yeah, I'm, 
you sort of say about, you know, if they get to League One, they'll, they'll need to push on again. They'll probably need some more investment and, and things like that. Maybe maybe even aside from, from Ryan and Rob. But do you sort of think that there's a one player or a type of player that they will need to, to, to get them from, from, from League One to the, to the top echelons of the championship? Do you know what? I don't think you, you have to mess with your, your key players too much. I think right. because you don't, as I just said before, you don't want to upset what you've, what you've got. You know, I think you've got Moles, um, Lee as well, who is a, a great player. I think you just need to add a little bit of quality into that. Because I think when you add quality in as well, the players that you've got there then raise their game as well. So yeah. I wouldn't say it would be going into League One. It would be a massive overhaul for, for Wrexham to get, you know, they need six or seven new players. I, I don't think that is. I think if you put this team in League One, I still think they would still, they'd still challenge. So I think that's where Wrexham have got... At a, at, a, at a strong position. And then once you pop up to League One, you know, them players around who are the better players at that level, you would want to come and play at Wrexham and be part of that journey. So I think then that brings more where in the National League, they had to pay a little bit more for players because players were dropping out of professional football. Well, it was still professional football, but they're dropping out of the Football League. Now you go into League One and it's a completely different ball game. You will have players wanting to come and play for, for Wrexham. Yeah, and a final question for me because we're running out of time a little bit. Um, how would a, a young Lee Trundle deal with Ryan Reynolds, Rob McElhaney, um, a Hollywood documentary? Is it, it's a sort of thing you thrive on, isn't it? Ah, uh, yeah, I think that'd be right up my street. I think, um, obviously, listen, you go into to football to want to play in the big games, to want to play in front of big crowds. You know, obviously, Ryan and Rob coming into the club, you know, have elevated that. They've brought the, the spotlight on the football club even more and you know you have a look at all over America now people will know the names of Wrexham players where that would never have, have happened before so to be on a journey like that with the football club and to be involved in what they are now yeah I would I would have loved it nice one mate thanks for your time thanks Andy nice one mate Right, that was great to hear from Lee Trundle there, wasn't it, Andy? Certainly had a lot to say about uh, the our current Scouse wizard, uh, Paul Mullin. Did you enjoy that chat? Uh, yeah, he's, he's, he's. I think he's happy to to talk about Wrexham. He he knows how how big a part they played in his career, and you know he's he's gone on to have a pretty good stellar career with all he all he did in soccer. I am, and even even recently on fantasy football, where he was coming in and and um, and doing. The song at the end, uh, Jeff Astle style. So yeah, I um, mean, but Wrexham set him on the path to that, and I think the way that he he sort of thinks back at this club is evident. He sees it as a as a big part of his life, um, and I think he really enjoyed the US trip. But can I just call out Paul Rudford, who who gave me some duff information that he went home. Uh, he went home on the first night, um, which put me on the on the back foot straight away. <laughs> uh, and now I do need to work out from Rubbers who did go home on the first night because it should have been it should have been uh, it was definitely was someone. But um, yeah, yeah, enjoyable. Um, did you give him your email address? Who? Lee Trundle. Did you give him your email address? No, uh, he's the only one in in uh, probably the whole northern hemisphere who hasn't had my email address. And can I thank people who have? emailed in for a free fanzine i've got i've got a few of them here so if you would like a free fanzine anywhere in the world give us a shout cop trumps what a great game to play with uh, your your family and your chess supporting friends 
Um, uh, yeah, Andrew Gilkin at hotmail.com. I've sent a load out, but there's still a few, still a few I need to get out. So uh, please be patient there. But they are all winging their way, or will be by the start of next week. Tim, you've got some thank yous as well, haven't you? Have I got what? What? Got some thank yous for people. Uh, well, yeah, just 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 basically to to, to thank everybody who has um, viewed the recent or listened to the recent pods with Parky and, and Humphrey. Obviously, fortunate to get those guys to give up their time to come on. Uh, very enjoyable they were too. So yeah, just to thank people for the comments and the shares and all that sort of stuff. So you know, it's kind of nice and reinforces why we why we keep doing this really. Um, yeah, and to everybody who's, who's pestered Andy for. A, uh, a fanzine, a free fanzine, and also sent through a book of a conquo suggestions. I'm not passing the book. I am going to do the Pavarotti one. I think <laughs> I'm at the end of my man flu. It's been two weeks <laughs> gripping me. I've got a grim headache, but I will do it. And because it's Pavarotti, you kind of want to do it justice. So I will be doing it. I might do a double double blast next week. So I'll do Pavarotti with something. Um, but Darren's Happy Place has suggested um, doing uh, Elvis Costello's Veronica I'm not familiar, so I'd have to check that. Um, and then my mate Biscuit, Andy Davis, has um, have sent me uh, something on Twitter from his former school friend called Dave Evans. And I'm not going to do it, um, but he said, think Queen, we are the champions. So we've got a conquo and goal. We've got a conquo and goal. We've got a conquo. We've got a conquo. No time for losers, because we've got a conquo in goal. There you go. Thank you. <laughs> Um, so, yeah, thanks for that, Dave. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure there's others that I've missed, but I will catch up. Um, apologies. We will oh, some some fella sent me one on Facebook Messenger. Um, and thanks very much for sending me stuff on Facebook Messenger about Tim singing. Um, send him more. Yeah, no, don't 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 send any more. Don't, don't feel you have to. Um, also, shout out to, to Al Nash, who has done a wonderful drawing of my Book of a Conquo efforts <laughs> which i'll have to uh, share but go and go and check out how he's he's a very good accomplished drawer considering he yeah, started about four weeks ago which is uh, uh so trying to find this good. this message from dave ev it was uh i can't uh was it the same sorry. guy the guy oh Did maybe yeah yeah it might have been um so are we, we doing are. a poll this week or <laughs> i think yeah i think you should i mean I, I i promise you i will do the pavarotti because i think I, you need I, to do the Pavarotti. in true reese didn't do his his forfeit style i think you need to do pavarotti before we do another poll i i, I just yeah. I, i'd no, like you i'd like you to, to 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 work through your admin please tim all right it's not a problem it's it's, it's quite a tough one to be fair yeah you know, I, you... I know i know and know, you know I, that I, I, I know because it was my idea. I was I was um, even thinking, you know, do I do I stack on a couple of couple of stones to help with the pipes? I mean, is that what made Pavarotti so great? Um, but then uh, Bocelli was quite slender, wasn't he? And um, he had a great voice. So who else? Charlotte Church. Yeah, she had. Yeah, she was quite strong lungs yeah um, <laughs> oh god let's avoid this quite, minefield. she had quite strong lungs i oh, can be misinterpreted in so many different ways let's avoid this minefield <laughs> yeah charlotte church a friend of rex mfc um i can't when, when did she pipe up that time she was involved in something wasn't she i think she sang the welsh national anthem oh, on, yeah, on the dock. yeah yeah of course of course right yeah. before we so, uh sort of chuck ourselves into uh into a hole let's <laughs> Oh God! Uh, let's let's get on with predictions. So we got a nice nice week off. No midweek games. Um, 
but then just the small task of Morecambe away, who are coming into it off the back of a pretty impressive win over Crew. What are we thinking there? Uh, if I go first, I think it's a, it, we've got. I think we've got six left away. I think this is probably the second toughest after Crew. Um, I'd be happy with a draw, and I'll be happy with a draw if we play the same team and go in, go at it in the same manner. And you know, if we get caught out, that's fine. That's football. But let's let's try and keep things as they were on Saturday. Keep Mullin and and Palmer up front, and even if we can't eke out a win, I would be happy with a draw there. So I'm going to go one each. Yeah, I mean, just looking at some of their results now, um, you know, they're, they're sort of hovering on the outskirts of the playoffs and a couple of points off it. Um, obviously, cracking win at Crew, they, they were held at home to Grimsby. Um, looking at their home form, they beat Sutton, just edged them out. They lost to Colchester, but then they drew with Mansfield. So, one of those weird, unpredictable teams at home, it would seem. Uh, but, you know what? I think you can't be anything other than encouraged by that performance yesterday. So I just think even if they take a fraction of that into that game next week. Week on the training pitch, mate. Week on the training pitch. You you yeah. can't I mean it doesn't we don't know which training pitch. It could be five different ones, but uh yeah. but you just cannot underline how how good that would be for Parky and the boys. Well, you know, it's it, you know, people say, oh, well, you know, footballers, they get all the rest and they fly into games and just like the Tuesday shouldn't be an issue. But it is because, you know, the, there's less time to prep for the midweek games and so on and recovery and all that sort of stuff. But I just think, I think, I think we'll go there. I know Morecambe will want to avenge that 6-0 drubbing, um, but I think we will edge it. And I think we will edge it 2-0. Back-to-back clean sheets. Thank you very much. And I'm going to go for a sneaky late smash and, smash and grab, smash and grab, um, nil to Wrexham. So, yeah. Well, yes, that's thought... all this podcast out of the mire. Yeah. <laughs> Reese is, is likely to go for a draw, isn't he? Oh, Reese, yeah. he goes for something contrary, to be fair. What, whatever we've said, he'll just go against it. Um, but now, thanks to everyone for listening. Please do go and like, subscribe, do whatever the kids do on on all our socials. Uh, I think Tim's got a nice big link tree on the Fearless Twitter page. So please do go go and sign Andy's email address up for all sorts of unwanted subscriptions. No, can we Uh, not do that, please? That's andrewgilpin at hotmail.com. No, no, don't, because someone will do it then. <laughs> well, that's the aim. <laughs> but uh, yeah, on that point, oh, you know, trying it, to do it, people a favour and uh, <laughs> uh, specific links to uh, to suede cream jackets as well, um, <laughs> just so he can add to his collection for his in-house uh, dress up. And on that note, it's good night from me. Bye. Take it easy. Cheers. Bye.